Greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ, and welcome to another episode of the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and the title of today's episode is Tripping Over the Cornerstone. You know, as times have become uncertain, for, you know, lack of a better word, the Lord has been impressing on my spirit that many are not looking to Him as they should or often as they should. My friends, we need to make sure that, as times get darker on the earth, that we're not turning to old and familiar vices to address our discomfort. So, what are some of these old vices? Well, the word vice can actually be another word for sin. And some may be turning to the drink, some may be turning to their favorite television show, some may be turning to friends, or, you know, they want to have their friends tell them what they want to hear. Some are turning to political causes, which in the end, are going to make no difference, thinking that somehow this makes them part of, you know, a winning team. Essentially, it's anything that is taking the place over your time with the living God, where worship and prayer should be precedence right now. You know, in essence, the Lord is not pleased with the idolatry. And remember that when I have talked about idolatry before, it's anything that you are putting before him. He's also not pleased with the indifference. The Lord is not pleased with pride and rude behavior, which at times they, they go hand in hand. And we can all admit that when we're stressed, we don't always exactly act in the best mannerisms with one another. But we need to remember that the Lord loves mercy, and his word declares in 1 Peter 4, verse 8, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. And this is serious when you stop and think about it, because if we continue to go down the path that is opposite of what the Lord's word decrees, we're bound to trip over the cornerstone eventually, because when the Lord wants us to change a certain behavior, he's often going to put obstacles in the way that will cause us to seek him in repentance. You know, in other words, he puts us on a slippery slope to show us the sin. And in this season, that's not where we want to end up. Let's also not forget what the word says about those who won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. When we take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-10, through 10, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So let's put that into plain English so that nobody listening to this can have any confusion that may be had when it comes to these. I'm going to explain them straight up. You know, what are those who are fornicating? Well, that's those just going around having promiscuous sex, most times out of marriage. Those caught up in idolatry. So idolatry is a cause, an ideal, a person, or a thing that takes precedence over the Lord that you love doing or tending to more than him. If you love your time more with it than you do the Lord, it begs to be questioned whether or not it's an idol. Fawning over Donald Trump, for example as a political solution, and putting all your efforts into that, like, rah, 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 this is going to happen, and, you know, let's go Brandon, that's idolatry. You don't realize it, but it is. Your savior is Jesus, not a man. There is no political solution to what's going on in this country, or around the world for that matter. Then we have adultery, and that ties in with fornication. And essentially, that is a married man or a woman having sex or seeing someone outside of wedlock which is forbidden. Then there's the effeminate. That is men who take on the appearance and behavior of a woman. In other words, a sissy boy who is overly soft and delicate and acts unmanly. 
And by the way, in today's standards, this can also be just as true for a woman that acts like a man. It's not normal. It's not how God created us. It's unnatural. And it's an abomination. Abusers of mankind. That is those who are abhorrently cruel to others. They may cheat them out of money, causing difficult living situations. It could be a husband who beats his wife. Someone who sexually abuses another, such as a child or a vulnerable woman. And yeah, sometimes it even happens to men. Those who kill. And yes, that includes abortion. You know, abortion is murdering of the unborn. You know, essentially it's anyone who walks around with disdain in their heart and deliberately mistreats others, and has no mercy whatsoever, showing complete and utter disdain for others. What else? Well, people who steal. I mean, that's plain as day, that's what it means by thieves. The covetous. That's someone who is jealous or resentful of another person and desires what they have because they don't have it for themselves. Drunkards. That is excessive drink to the point of inebriation. Just read that over in the UK. Um... You know, it's up that many people are developing alcoholism due to being locked down constantly. You know, that's that's not the way out, folks. If you're doing that, you need to stop doing that. Because number one, you're killing yourself physically. And number two, it's doing spiritual damage to you that you don't even realize. Revelers. And revelers is just another word for someone who is a troublemaker and they like to start strife. And they don't seem to be content unless they're making someone else angry or miserable. And then last, extortioners, those who take advantage of those in a financial sense, but also materially by manipulation. You know, it's those who overcharge and they are well aware of what they're doing for their own gains. With disregard, you know, nine times out of ten for the victim, they are doing it too. Most people who do it know they're doing it. But here is the good news. You know, where you're dead in any of these sins, you can still inherit eternal life if you repent. You can be forgiven. Jesus is the cornerstone, and if you'll call on him for forgiveness and trust in him, you don't need to be ashamed. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6 says, As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. You know, as the times upon us get darker, and as the intensity of the storm picks up, you don't want to be found among the unbelieving and think that there are no consequences for the sins I just laid out. Because you will pay a hefty price in what's coming if you don't turn from those. So what does 1 Peter 2, 6 mean when it starts off saying, as the scriptures say? Well, my friends, that is found in Isaiah 28, specifically verses 15 through 22. Starting on verse 15. You boast, we have struck a bargain to cheat death and have made a deal to dodge the grave. The coming destruction can never touch us, for we have built a strong refuge made of lies and deception. And folks, before I continue, remember and understand that the price of sin is death. So whenever it says cheating death, it means those who think that they can keep sinning and just doing whatever they want, that there's no consequences. Well, the word says differently. Going on in verse 16. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. And you know, folks, I uh, spoke about the foundations a long time ago that when the faith is shaken, when times get turbulent, which they are starting to, those who are rooted deeply in Christ will not have anything to be ashamed of because they have a strong foundation built upon him. Going on in verse 17, 
I will test you with the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness. Since your refuge is made of lies, sin, and denial, a hailstorm will knock it down. Since it is made of deception, a flood will sweep it away. I will cancel the bargain you made to cheat death, and I will overturn your deal to dodge the grave. When the terrible enemy sweeps through, you will be trampled into the ground. Again and again, that flood will come, morning after morning, day and night, until you are carried away. This message will bring terror to your people. The bed you have made is too short to lie on. The blankets are too narrow to cover you. And what that means is you cannot, and you will not, hide these sins from the Lord, regardless of what you try to do. Because the word says everything that's hidden is going to be exposed. The Lord will come against the Philistines at Mount Perizim, and against the Amorites at Gibeon. He will come to do a strange thing. He will come to do an unusual deed. For the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, has plainly said that he is determined to crush the whole land. So scoff no more, or your punishment will be even greater. I'm going to interject something here. Back in early April, the Lord gave me a message, and it had to do with him being the cornerstone. And what he told me was, My people need only have fear of me if they understand that I am the cornerstone between them and the Father in what comes. I will be a shield to those who reverence me and walk in my ways, but there must be no delay in choosing whom they serve. Do you serve me or the ideals, the idols of the world, which cannot save you? Focus on me, my people. I will remove the veil of deception. Reflect on all the blessings I have given unto you. Think on all I have ordained in the world that you live, and that I made the heavens and the earth. Think on my mighty power. Think on the sacrifices I made for you, that you may be forgiven, that I may teach you. All I desire is your calling on me, your time spent with me. I desire your whole heart. If you will call on me, I will answer. The situations you encounter may seem impossible, but if you know me, you will understand everything is possible that you thought not. Seek me, and you will find my forgiveness, my protection, my provisions. Reverence me, and you will be blessed, for I will be a light unto thy path. Do not wait, my people, for an event approaches that will present many inconveniences. Those who are walking with me shall endure, for I shall lead them. I will deliver them from betrayal, for if they shall believe how I led my people in times past, they shall know how I will deliver them now. I will rescue those who belong to me. You know, if you're involved in any of those sins that I read earlier, you need to confess them and repent. If the Lord is speaking conviction to you right now, then that is what you are meant to hear, as it is you he is speaking to. My friends, this is why I've addressed the topic of mercy and doing works by faith, and why I previously spoke of the spiritual blindness, because only those who can hear and see have a conviction that they are on a slippery path and doing wrong, that they are in sin. And note that although mercy is important, it does not mean seeking the approval of those near you and using that as an excuse to carry on in your sin. You know, Jesus put it into context in Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 27. If you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. That means you should only care what the Lord thinks. For if you care more of what your family or your friends think, and you're willing to cling to the same old behavior to appease them, then you're already in a form of idolatry, because it means you love them more than you love the Lord. 
Otherwise, you would be carrying your own cross to follow him. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15-17 through 17 say, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you, for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And you know, folks, let me tell you from personal experience, having been there before, there is no value in trying to please others. Because others are going to have opinions of you, regardless, especially if they are friends with the world. And friends, given the state of things in the world right now, that's not where you want to be. You know, it may seem lonely at first to give things up, to give up people in your life. But you know, did you ever think that if they were against you and you always had to live up to an expectation where they were concerned that they were never truly for you anyway? You know, giving up that lifestyle, creating a relationship with the Lord, and living in a relationship with the Lord, that is more rewarding than anything the world can offer. And you'll be glad that you did, because there are rewards to be had for giving up sinful lifestyles and getting right with Jesus. Now, most adult believers, that is, true believers, already know that the Lord has taught them this over the course of a lifetime, and that's the wisdom that comes with age. But there may be many of the younger generation who are concerned and feel they have an image to live up to, or they feel pressure due to their peers. If you're listening to this, be careful there, because then you are getting close to what I was referring to when I talked about idols and sinful sacrifices not too long ago, and the Lord will not view that favorably. I mean, we're coming down to a point now, folks, where it's eventually going to become do or die. Normal is not coming back, as I have said many, many times. In the time that you have, you should be spending it seeking the Lord and doing what appeases Him in every single thing, every single day. Some will mock you, they're going to scoff at you, but remember, Jesus went through some of the same treatment when it came to the Pharisees. After he fed 4,000, the Pharisees demanded a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. And you can reference this scripture in Mark chapter 8, verse 11. But when Jesus heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. You know, it's the unbelief, it's the taunting that they constantly did to Jesus. That's why he wouldn't, you know, because they were wicked. They were unbelieving. And he shouldn't have to do that. He had already been going around healing. He had just healed a man of blindness. And any time, any chance they got, they chastised him. But, you know, going on, you know, even Peter, he struggled with unbelief when Jesus told him he would suffer and die, but then be risen three days later, which we read further in Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and then began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And when he says my life, folks, just to clarify, 
that means any wrong lifestyle. That's not just literally living. That is, well, it is living, but he's referring to the way you've been doing things if you're not living in ways that are of him. And that goes in hand in hand with what I was saying, some of the sins I was speaking about earlier. If you know that what you're doing is wrong and you know it conflicts with the word, then it's a sin. You know, Jesus went on, still in Mark 8, verse 36. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your own soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. You know, folks, many antichrists, you know, those who deny Jesus, are in the process of and have been rising up for some time now. And if you looked at a recent blog I posted, I referenced a clip where Prince Charles is referring to what appears to be the Antichrist in a speech at a recent climate event over in the UK. But what it should demonstrate is the season we're in, and that's the purpose of my posting of that. You know, I referenced 1 John 2 earlier when it came to not loving the world, and then the verses I just read from Mark 8. And you will probably hear me continue to quote these verses in more podcasts to come, but when you move further on in 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 26, the Apostle John warned about Antichrists. Starting on verse 18, John said, Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. But you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you his spirit, and all of you know the truth. So I am writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ, anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either, but anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he has promised us. I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. So, brothers and sisters, knowing the truth, you understand what the Lord frowns upon and how those who will call on him for forgiveness, those who seek him with their whole heart, will live for him. And they will know him. And because they know him, they will know that the law is already good and fulfill it in their belief, that they are already forgiven by Jesus who shed his blood so their sins would be forgiven. They will never be dismayed, for the Lord will be their shepherd and remember their sins no more. You know, just as it's stated in scripture in Hebrews chapter 8, verses 9 through 12, starting on verse 9. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them out by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned my back on them, says the Lord. And, you know, just for reference, the old covenant was based on uh, laws and sacrifices, and people could not keep the law. That's why they needed a savior. That's why God has sent his only son. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel. On that day, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord. For everyone 
from the least to the greatest, will know me already, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. If you're going through hard times right now, if you're in a difficult position, consider it that it could be that the Lord is getting your attention for some reason or another. And I've talked about that when I spoke about the wilderness um, quite a few months back. Or it also could be that you identify as a Christian, but you're not truly living in his ways, and he's going to refine you. He's putting you into a wilderness. So it's important to understand these things because he is the cornerstone, and he is going to cause you to trip if you're not doing what's right, if you're not living righteously, if you're mistreating others, or if you're living in a living in a bed of lies and laying down with sin, you know? You can't have both. You can't be on the fence. You don't get to play in the world and then say, well, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to just sit here and wait for my rapture. And it's like, no, no, you, you have to choose. You don't get it. You don't get to play the game of, well, you know, this is what I want to omit. And this is why I've talked about cookie cutting. You can't do that. You're either going to believe all of the gospel or you're not. You're either going to believe what the word says or you don't. It's not here nor there. You know, folks, we're running out of time. We don't have time to be playing around in the world. You know, we need to be doing what's righteous. We need to be treating others well. I see a lot of disrespect among Christians, a lot of disrespect. I experience it myself. I don't know what's going on. I know everyone's under stress, but we need to not lose focus on who we serve. We serve Jesus Christ. We don't serve ourselves, and we need to remember that. So it is my prayer, folks, that this podcast has been a blessing to you. It is my prayer that you know, you have conviction in your heart that if you're not living in the Lord's ways, that you turn from your sins and continue to serve him and seek forgiveness. Seek him with your whole heart. He desires repentance. That's why he had me do this podcast today. He wants his people to call on him. He wants you to stop looking to the world. He wants you to start living for him. He wants you to call on him for everything because the season we're going into, you will not be able to call on conventional means. You will not be able to lean into your own understanding for things. You know, I spoke of in that last podcast I did about preparation. And what most people don't realize is you can prepare all you want, but if you don't have the armor of Christ on, if you don't have the armor of God's word on, and things start going on around us, then any kind of preparation you do isn't going to matter. You know, all that was about was just discerning what they may or may not do. And it may or may not be over what I said it was at the time. It may be over something else. You know, we live in a very volatile season right now, and that is part of the stress. There's going to be some other podcasts coming up where I'll be addressing some uh, words the Lord gave to me. And uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Folks, I pray that this podcast has been a blessing to you. And until next time, may our Lord Jesus bless you, forgive your sins, and start changing your life. Call on him, folks. Don't waste time. Choose wisely who you're serving. For we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know if tomorrow is guaranteed. We should be living for Jesus, not living for ourselves. We should be helping others where we can, not just sitting in a corner thinking, I'll just pray that somebody else helps them. When you're the person, you're the answer. I've talked about this in Mercy, folks. Live righteously. Do works by faith. But seek the Lord first in all that you do to see what he would have you do. Jesus bless you. Stay safe out there and have a great week.